If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. And a very good day to you. And it has been a while and now we're sitting in the depths of winter. But we're going to find out about everything that is warm and sparkly from our associate who <laughs> comes from Life as a Garden. And of course, that's Carrie Goodwin. How are you doing? It's been a while. It has been a very long time. I'm doing really, really well. Actually, I'm loving the cold. I think I'm one of those few people. And it's my favorite because our managers send us a pansy report. Mm -hmm. So, you know, most people wake up in the morning and they look at the weather report and they go, oh, my goodness, it's minus this. And I get this beautiful photo of a frozen pansy. <laughs> and then I can tell how cold it's going to be or how cold <laughs> it's been at night, depending on how frozen the pansy is. And I think it's awesome. <laughs> but that's an amazing thing. Everybody thinks, oh, no, my poor little pansies are going to get frozen. And it's yeah. one of those things that they like, they get frozen and then the sun comes up and then, the, you know, the ice melts and they're absolutely fine yeah and i mean at the wine garden center on the weekend to me it didn't feel cold enough because our pansies didn't freeze and i'm like oh this is not cold enough I, why are we not frozen frozen <laughs> and the Carrie, team are like please it's enough now <laughs> it's been hitting minus seven in johannesburg this is joe freezingburg <gasps> i know but it's just lovely our plants really needed it and mm -hmm. it's i want to say it's a, a touch and a go because they needed it for um you know, we're going to get rid of all the pests. Yeah. And almost to rejuvenate. I feel even our souls are going to be rejuvenated because they were maybe a little bit frozen and everything was just really hard. And now, yeah. you know, spring is around the corner and that anticipation. Is it around the corner? My children are saying, Mom, how much longer is there of winter? And I'm like, well, at least another month, maybe a month and a half until we actually go into like decent weather again, where it's not, yeah. where our house is not a morgue. <laughs> and that would be the same as my house. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is that yeah, we, we've always said that it's better to have a really cold winter for mm. the gardens. And people are like, how can cold be beneficial for gardens? But it mm. is, it really is actually yeah. something that we as gardeners are thinking fantastic because it gets rid of all the bad stuff. <gasps> And we had so many bad pests last week. You know, last year it was... First time ever I got those horrible yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow <laughs> lily borers. And I was devastated. Yes, and thrips and mm. white fly. And we just needed the cold to actually zap those in a natural way. You know, it's we don't want to put all the pesticides down. And I think the insects are actually becoming more and more resistant to pesticides. Yeah, yeah. So we need natural ways to try and get rid of them the best and yeah so that's definitely what the cold has done and some plants are going to thrive from the cold you know i mean i looked at some of our plectranthus even and they got burnt on the top and your geranta has gone a bit of black but it actually means that us as gardeners are going to have to go outside get a pair of secateurs towards the end of August. Towards the end, yes. <laughs> Not now. I was going to say, don't cut them now because they actually that's protecting the rest of the plant. Yeah. yeah. So let them protect the rest of the plant. And then at the end of August, go and get your pair of secateurs and just give them a little bit of a haircut because otherwise you just let it grow long and mm. leggy and the plant is saying, actually, I really just want new growth. I want to, you want, please stimulate new growth for me. Mm, and us mm. as humans, I think sometimes, I know until you have that pair of secateurs in your hand, I think, oh, you'll be okay. And now I'm forced to go and put the pair of secateurs in my hand. And then, goodness gracious, the whole garden is going to have a haircut. <laughs> Talking about secateurs, I, mm. I, I mean, I sort of stalk all of the various gardening groups on Facebook and yeah. on Ludwig's Rose Lovers. Yeah. Everyone's like, when is the right time to prune our roses? I'm like, not yet. 
<laughs> it's all, no, but I'm like, I'm like, I really want to go out and do this. And I'm like, yeah. okay, gardening is about patience. If you don't have any, don't be gardening. Okay. <laughs> so you can imagine, true. I just like, I really get hectic with people. Yeah. I will let you know when you can prune your roses. I know that Ludwig's already done his. But for me, it's like, I would always go first week of August. Is the, but I'm now with the cold weather that we're happening. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the second week of August. I've had my secateurs pruned. I will be walking around my area and I will be <laughs> pruning people's roses for them. Oh, that's very generous of you. Yeah, but they, they probably don't know that it's a good thing. <laughs> no, but, and I think when it comes to the pruning, I mean, ours were also pruned probably about two, three weeks ago. Mm. And we've already got the new shoots coming through and then we've had this cold. So I think it is going to set them back a little bit, but they'll come back. But I also think you do have to be a little bit ruthless. You know, really cut out any branches that are going into each other or into the plant and try and get everything to grow outwards outwards in a V or a Y. A cup shape. Oh, a cup. That's a brilliant idea. What you should have either four or five of the main stems, but they Mm. must be all the ones that are facing outwards. So if there's anything crossing across the middle of the the cup, you cut that out. Yeah. That's... Rule of thumb when it comes to pruning, just keep your thumb out the way. <laughs> yeah. But, and also don't only do it for roses. Look at all your plants and try and, because especially some of your trees, they're going to need thinning out. And, you know, it I'm makes sitting there <laughs> thinking, I really need to do something about my flowering quince. Obviously not now because it's looking absolutely beautiful at the moment. And I know where all these flowering quinces are. And I go and I look at them and just go, oh my goodness, you're so beautiful. I tell mine every, because I walk outside yeah. from my front door and it's right in front of me. So it really oh, cheers wow. me up. But I mean, this thing has been needed to be pruned for I don't know how many years. But I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, am I supposed to prune on the dead wood? Or am I supposed to prune on where does it flower on dead wood or does it flower on new wood? So it's one of those things that you really do need to actually do some research before you mm. lay into your plant. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Okay. But let's so. talk about the, uh, the, the things that make us really happy not pruning. Um, yeah. Crazy for daisies. Crazy for daisies. And I was so happy driving down Homestead Avenue in Bryanston. Yeah. And there was a pavement there. And they had that, um, there was a succulent, that one succulent that turns kind of really, really red. Oh, one, crash like One of the crash campfire. Mm. And the yellow and orange daisies were already <gasps> out completely. It oh, was wow. completely stunning. And of course, when it comes to daisies at the moment, the first flowers have started down in Namaqualand. The wildflowers have already started really early. That is very early. And that's in the Bido Valley near Clan William at the Enjo Nature Farm. And they, they, they actually take people, you can go and stay at the Enjo Nature Farm. And it's near the West Coast Net National Park. Oh, um, beautiful. But, but apparently last year they were like major traffic jams. Um, but if you want to find out where would be, if the flowers are looking good, and remember you don't want to be going on a cloudy day because they're not open, mm-hmm. you can get hold, there's a, a pop-up coffee shop on the Enjo Nature Farm, which you can Google and find out the phone number and phone them and they will tell you what the flowers are looking like. <gasps> nice. Yeah. I like that idea of both. Pop-up coffee and flowers. It's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done only once before and went in the end of September and there was still all the way up past Clan William. We went up... Um, I don't know much and yeah, ne- yes. yeah, to about this. We were aiming for Springbuck, which is about the only place in South Africa apart from Ohrabis I haven't been to. <laughs> um, but uh, but I was five months Ohrabis? pregnant on the back of a on a, on a motorbike. So, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Can understand why maybe you stopped. <laughs> yeah, it got a little bit uncomfortable after a while. But I, mean, I still got to see absolutely glorious flowers. Yeah. So I'd say August towards the end of August is usually about the best time to see them, beginning of September. Yeah, that's when we went, probably middle to end of August. And and it was amazing. If you go kind of now-ish, no, I would say now in the next few weeks, if you go up to the Richtersfeld, Mm -hmm. you'll see all the succulents in flower first 
because mm-hmm. it's always around about the end of July, beginning of August that the succulents when you are have in those flower. little lithops and yes, those sort of things. They're all as well. out in their flowers, yeah. and then you come back down the coast back through the wildflowers. Oh, the beautiful. daisies! I was going to say, well, I loved when we went to the flowers, and I think it's just again being the gardener is how we had to. You know, normally we want things to be big and bold and in your face. Mm. But actually there you had to get down on your hands and knees and look for these little things that look like stones. Mm. And then they were actually, their flowers would pop up. So if you were there too early in the morning, they hadn't opened Opened yet and that sort of thing. But And they were just these incredible plants, but in what you would almost look at first as being completely barren. Mm. And I think how resilient plants are that they can come out and say, I'm here, I'm here, look for me. Just have to maybe get a magnifying glass and actually get down and dirty, not just yeah. see it from your car. You know, if, I mean, if, it can look beautiful. There will be fields that you can see from your car. If you ever want to see some of those those kind of plants, the lithops and the various succulents and things, yeah. you go go onto Facebook and go and we'll go and have a look for Judd Kirkle. And he, he's now Judd Kirkle Wellwich. Okay. And he has found plants all over the place. Um, last, the last little enclaves of some plants that have like really disappeared. Oh, wow. um, so. Um, he is a, a plant hunter. Oh, I like that. And he puts up pictures <laughs> of plants from all over. So, I mean, he's just found um, uh, Alophorii. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Scarcely seen in Florence, natural home you found in Pumalanga. It's, uh, according <gasps> to Sanby, only known from six locations, considered rare and, and threatened. I'm like, why aren't you there? Just give me a little piece so I can grow it. Okay. <laughs> But he puts up all of these incredibly beautiful pictures from all over the country. And he's got the one, the aloe dichotoma, yes, the yes, yes, trees, yes. which is up in the Richtersfeld. And that's yeah. one pl- place I haven't been to yet. And I will get there. I want to do Akrabis in the Richters. Because that's when you get to see the forests of them. Yes. And there's just, oh, it's so beautiful. So go and have a look at <gasps> Judd Kirkle Wellwich on Facebook and see I'm if you're into plants. He has got the most incredible things um, like plants in like Streptocarpus vandaluriae which Ooh, is obviously no. one of the Cape Primrose type <laughs> yeah. things, in southern Gauteng, in a rocky outcrop. Oh, you see, now I tried to grow streptocarpus because... <gasps> sorry, I'm showing Beautiful, her pictures. That's why sorry. she's making these noises, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I think cause sometimes I think, oh, it can't be that difficult. I know people who just put them in a... Vo- There's wow, a picture the of quiver trees. The quiver trees. <gasps> it looks almost like it's sunrise. Mm. And the, oh, oh, makes me want to get in the car. What are we let's doing go, here? Let's go driving. Let's <laughs> yeah. just do it. So, I mean, he's a got pictures trip. from all over, from the Drakensberg, the Western Cape. He goes around looking for flowers oh, and plants. And, and it was fascinating talking to him about the fact that, you know, you've got the lithops and all of those little succulents mm. and you can hardly see them. But they always, you must look out for big court where there's lots of courts. Yes. Because they like growing where there's lots of courts. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the okay, daisies so we the can daisy, grow at home. Yes. <laughs> so the ones that we could have, well, if, when we're still on the Richtersfeld, that sort of thing, would have been the mesembryanthemums, mm-hmm. where you could have got seeds and seedlings, and they should be coming into flower now. We just call them mesems these days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but they're still there. Mesembryanthemums, I mean, it's just a, blah, blah, blah. It's a bit of a tongue twister, yes. but it's cool. <laughs> so, um, And then we get the little indigenous Felicia daisy, or kingfisher daisies. Oh, I love Felicia's, that yeah. blue. That's the, as far as I'm concerned, that's about the only true blue plant a flower apart from maybe plumbago yeah. one of the plumbagos but it's yes, like yeah but yeah it's true actually it is one of the the very few true blue true, plants. true blue like sky mm. blue kind mm. of things yes so that's definitely one and they come in the white and the variegated leaf and mm. indigenous which is nice 
And then we've got, I always love the algorithms, you know, good old fashioned daisy, daisy, daisy bushes. Daisies, yeah. <laughs> Which, or the yellow ones. So, they, but they self seed everywhere. I can't, even, I don't even know who planted them on my verge, but then I'm always pulling them out. And then they managed to somehow during the rain, some of the seeds came down the side of my house and they've planted themselves in my back garden as well. So I think it's fascinating because as a gardening industry, we battle to find the good old fashioned single yellow daisy. Mm. Now we've got these beautiful, but they're all double flowering or shorter and compact. And so it's just the evolution of the daisy, how it was that simple single flower yellow. Now you do get single flowers, pinks and whites, but you get a crested merlot and a beautiful sunshine yellow. And, you know, mm. oh, I love the names of plants as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> as you can tell, yeah. you sound just like Andy McDowell in Green Card when she starts talking about the flowers in the, the wonderful conservatory that she's now gotten her hands on. Yeah. I remember that. It's a yeah. beautiful movie. The Gerard so, Depardieu. <laughs> okay, yeah, I remember now. And then the osteos. I mean, we can't even go into oh, all the names of the osteos. The osteos but they are, are my favorite, favorite summer plant. Yeah. I think that they are without any doubt, non-pareil amongst the world of flowers. Yeah. And I mean, they just come in so many varieties of mm. color that you, you spoil for choice. But I think it's so funny because, again, it goes to different breeding. So I managed to get two from a grower out near How to Be a Sport. And he said, these are really, really hardy. Don't need any attention. Just pop them in your garden. But they need full sun. You know, all your daisies mm. do need oh, full they sun. they need full yeah. sun, yeah. So I was like, okay, I gave one to my mum and one to me. Popped mine in my garden. And I think, which is surprising for me, but I'm thinking I'm killing it with too much tender loving care. And maybe it's not getting enough sun because it looks really unhappy. Mm. And then my mom's is in a pot that she's just put like on the side of nowhere. And it's just masses of flowers. <laughs> but like, this is, you do kill what? them with kindness sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of plants, indoor plants, my orchids, I managed to kill my, my orchids from yeah. when I suddenly found out, oh, this is what you should do with orchids. They all decided <laughs> that I had no clue. They were all fine. I just, I don't know what to do with them. Bring them inside at this time of the year, take them back out. Yeah. And they were fantastic. Now that you actually follow the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> so I think daisies are very similar. They don't need a lot of tender loving care, mm. you know, and they probably flower better if you're not watering them too frequently. Maybe, especially now when it's so cold, you're going to water them, I would say, probably once every fourth day or mm. so, if that. Mm. And really hot and dry. You know, we always say it's a good idea to plant with compost, but they, they're they the, like sandier soil. A, a bit of yeah. a sandy soil. So, um, yeah. And as I say, I love the osteos because even at the nursery now, they phoned me and they said, there's just bees everywhere. Come come with your camera and take photos of the bees. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So all the daisies are going to attract a wonderful variety of bees. They're going to attract butterflies to your mm. gardens later on in the season. And they just keep going. You know, if they finish flowering, then you can just cut them back a little bit, chop off the top 10 centimeters and then give them a few months and they'll come back again. Mm. So it's not only for spring flowering. They just keep going on and on and on. And even with this cold, one of my neighbors has got beautiful, good old-fashioned daisy bushes. And they just form a like a big, I want to say a ball of flowers. Mm. And they just kept flowering. I, I, was, I was looking at it and thinking, how are you still flowering now? Because it takes so much energy to flower. It's, to me, it's like those people who just keep doing exercise. <laughs> how do they manage? <laughs> we so. just have to get up and do it, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, let's not talk about that right now. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but daisy bushes, they don't require a lot of exercise or anything. You know, just, mm. They're just going to perform for you, which is really, really stunning. I love it. So, yeah, those are all the different types, I think. Oh, no, we forgot. 
the did? we did. We've got the English daisy, which is Bellis perennis. Bellis I just and they do, they look like they look like licorice all sorts. Mm, yeah, they look like <laughs> yeah. sweeties. There's certain yes. plants that look like sweeties, yes. and, and that's one of them that you just like a Gerbera as well. Yeah, I always oh, yeah. think that they look like sweeties too, like jelly tots. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking of all the yummy sweets, actually. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, we've got the um, the as I say, Bellis perennis, pinks and whites, mm-hmm. and I mean they're doing beautifully. A lot of people underplant their roses with them. So once you've pruned your roses, then you have these beautiful Bellis perennis popping up all over the place. Um, and then what else? Oh, and Uriops. Mm. So I also think Uriops is interesting because. The traditional one is the good old-fashioned grey one. Yeah. So you've got that lovely grey foliage and then the bright yellow flower. Yeah. And now you get the green one as well. But I'm battling to find the green one again. I can only seem to find the grey one. So I think it's how plants evolve and you know get changed. And then you have to really go and look for certain plants. Mm. I was with a grower yesterday and he specializes in citrus. And I thought what was fascinating for him is he also lost some of his varieties at one stage. So now he's planted a citrus orchard at the bottom of their property and he's just got every single type of citrus he's ever come across. And yeah. he, he's put them there and he says, so at least I'm never going to lose a variety again. And I thought that's what it is. It's, you do have to keep these things precious. Yes, you know? absolutely. So even like you were saying with the aloe, we, it's wonderful to have them out in the wild, but you might have to have some in no, that's what Andy DeVette does so well. Yes. Is to oh just my goodness, these aloes are so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Going out there, must, I haven't been out this year. I was there last year. Oh my goodness, the aloe farm just is, now at the moment, it, it, I've seen yeah. pictures, it's looking amazing. Yeah, I've been twice. Oh, <laughs> lordy. I was going to say, we even have aloes in the own garden centre, but you still have to just go out and appreciate all the sunbirds and what he's managed to do on the property. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I'm always taking pictures of, of all the aloes that I come across. I'm like, my friend, I'm sure she's getting sick of it. And we go, walk well, look at that aloe. We have to stop and take photographs of it from every single angle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get a little bit hello, hello, hello. <laughs> but strange, just a little bit strange. But yeah. it's good for the bees. Very so good for the bees. All oh, they're the so nectar happy. that they are collecting at the moment, because we also. It was interesting. A lot of customers are starting to plant for bees. Mm. So I mean, I know it's going there, but now they specifically they've got like they say, oh, I've got a beehive, or my neighbor's got a beehive. Need to put plants up. Yeah, indigenous floriferous. Mm. Yep. But even things like um, some of the macadamia nut growers, they're mm. actually using things like lavender. So they plant in yeah. a lot of lavender because it's really good for bees, and they plant in perennial basil, which I also thought was fascinating. Yeah, that's, and that, but that gets really big. I mean, I've yeah. seen perennial basil that's like <laughs> over six feet tall, you know. But and it's beautiful, but because it's always filled with bees, mm. so they I think you do it. have to have those sort of things in your garden and nice and fragrant. As but of well. course, for those so. people who don't have a lot of water in their areas, whenever you yeah. look at a plant like the Uriops, would be perfect oh, for there because beautiful. they, they. I mean, you, the fact that they've got the grey foliage, that they're slightly tougher, that might, some of the plants that have got little hairs on them, mm-hmm. so your lambs ears, things like that, those are actually very water wise plants. Yeah, and that's one of the things I get asked so often. My verge doesn't get a lot of water. What can I plant? And I just give them all the hardiest ones, water-wise ones. Yeah, and I think that's what you should be doing on the verges. Sometimes, and I, I want to say it's a bit of a catch-22 because where I live, they're replacing a lot of what was grassland mm. and they put in, in succulents. But I feel a bit like I moved to Arizona. <laughs> and I love the grassland because I liked all the seeds mm. that the birds would have got from the grasses. So I, I, it's a bit of a, I'm like, it looks very beautiful and it's very water-wise, but I love biodiversity. So I think, you know, even when you're doing little things on your verges, especially, mm. plant for everybody. Plant for a little bit for the birds, a little bit Absolutely. for the bees, a little bit for the spiders. But the, you know, but who's the seed company who's brought out the scatter pack, which has got the seeds, the grass seeds and the, um, like, Mayfit. 
is it maybe they brought it? It's got grass seeds and it's got flower seeds in it. So I'm not quite sure which flower, but there's some daisies and the ones that you'd find in the felt. And you can actually just use that and you'll grow back a felt area again. You yes, can rewild. Yeah, so. I think, well, Mayford has three different types of, more specializes in grass. Yeah. Starkers has a lovely bee variety of grass seeds so that you could do. Um, Starkers also has a water-wise one. Mm-hmm. So I think it's they are. It's so easy these days. Yeah. You know, and just, just go and scatter a pack of, fl- of, of seeds and, and next thing you have this incredible, because we, we in Johannesburg specifically, we yeah. this is a grassland. Mm. So yes, it's lovely. I also have lots and lots of succulents all over yes. the place because you don't have to worry about them. But I like being out in the felt. Me too. I, I really do love it. And But I think you can have both. And I think every garden should have a little bit of everything. But mm. maybe it makes it too much like a smarty box. And I mean, one of the next things that Life as a Garden was going to talk about was hedging. I was going to say, you, with a smarty <laughs> box, you've got to have those defini- like definitions there. So you can keep your sweets in the right place so that they don't move into the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when you start talking about hedges, you've got, I mean, my favorite, as soon as people start asking for hedges, I'm like, oh, are you trying to block out a neighbor? And it's very true, but then you mm. forget about all the little hedges. So again, that you could plant like lavender dentata as a low hedge. Yes, that will be beautiful, fragrant. You and can rosemary. use it and rosemary, you know. And then, but then you could also get your traditional buxus as an English hedge. Mm. And those are to separate out, as you say, your smarty box. They're not to hide your neighbors. They're to just demarcate different areas in your garden. The thing that you could also use if you're going for the more succulent look is the speckworm. Yes. You know, which is going to be our tree of the year when we'll talk about it next month. But um, so, yeah, that makes a great hedge. And it can be any size. One of the nicest I've seen for something even from that height a little bit higher even is the salt bush. Yes. Now, you know, Life as a Garden spoke about that and I'm like, what? Who's going to use that little grey foliage Beautiful. that looks like a little bit of a wave in it? So it's yeah. got quite a nice texture as a hedge. So <laughs> I am very impressed. <laughs> I love it. And I've seen people who have also done it with um, Mpepo, uh, Helichrysum, where they've, yes. they've hedged with the Helichrysum as well. Beautiful, beautiful. And those grey hedges just look so sexy. When I also think is then the other plants contrast against yeah. them. So whether you've got your green foliage contrasting or a bright yellow poppy or your uriops, you know, you've got that lovely, it just forms a beautiful and very modern mm. color as a backdrop. I mean, and then if you do, wanted to do like a step of hedges, you could have a lower helichrysum and then do something like an abelia yes. or a duranta. So then you get that gray and gold kind of color. So um, that's, those are all your lower hedges. Uh, but then you, I say that it's lower. Like I think of, I always think of abelia and when we sell it, you know, we don't sell it much bigger than 40 centimeters at the mm. most. But when you put it into a hedge, it grows into a beautiful like 1.2 meter hedge mm. with the little white flowers on and... You can get the, you know, the plain green one, which is a grandiflora, or you get the golden one. So there's quite a lot of different abelias even that you could use mm. to get different heights. Lemon and lime. Yes, mm. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and at least they don't get frosted, which is yeah. also a very nice and mine's thing. Mine's looking compared. fantastic at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, for the taller ones, everybody's yeah. always on about viburnum. Well, that's the debate that I was having with my mum because we've just planted a freilinea hedge. Which is fantastic. So, it takes a while to get fully there and yes. bushy and everything. So yeah. I was saying to her, you know, the Frelinia hedge looks okay, but then I was comparing it to the beautiful Viburnum hedge, which we use almost as a fence. Mm. And it is full and thick and the big leaves, kind of, you know, that glossy green. And she says, yeah, Kaz, but that's 20 years old and your Frelinia hedge, you just plant, yeah, <laughs> plant it. So you're not, really co- you're not comparing apples with apples. I said, but I never really had respect for viburnum as a plant. Mm. It just didn't 
used to jump out at me and say, I'm a really nice hedging plant. But when you see it done properly, then it almost you could take away the, the fence because yes. the viburnum actually is a fan, an impenetrable, impenetrable. Impenetrable. Thank you very much. <laughs> you see, talk about tongue twisters. <laughs> yeah. But I found that, I mean, I've, I've said to a couple of people when they've had hedges and they've got kind of a little bit sort of, and they, we're talking about like over two meter high tall. Mm. Okay. And they, they look a little bit sparse. So I said, well, why don't you just plant some plumbago and then oh, let the plum, plumbago grow through the hedge and yes. you keep, you keep, that as well, because then you get the blue flowers that come through. Oh, nice. Which yeah. would be really pleasant. But my f- my favourite hedging thing, which I saw mm-hmm. out at the moon in sixpence, um, is the Pithosporum, but the Nigra, the one with the black <gasps> stem. As a hedge. I love that. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I love it and more than anything. And that's quite a fast grower. Yeah. So and of course with the, the mottled leaves as well in the cre- yes. uh, cream and green. Oh, mm. man. Yeah. That is just the way to go. That is a, a really, really beautiful, beautiful hedge to put in. And oh, no, actually, I, now, now you're making me think of all these different ones that we could use. You know, you also get your, but again, it's a slow one, but works really nicely is your yellow woods. Mm. And then I know I'm going to feel like I might be swearing here, but not swearing, is conifers are making a huge comeback. You see, I knew <laughs> it was almost like swearing. <laughs> I've said, and once again, out at the moon in sixpence is about, I think, the only place that I've actually seen the conifers. I'm lying. They're also at Maligatoni, where they've taken yes. the, the dark green skyrockets at mm-hmm. um, moon and sixpence, and it's an entire area. But they have been, they're, they're like almost graded down, so it looks like organ pipes. Oh, it's just wow. outside outside the the little chapel that they have there, and then they've used them at Maligatoni behind the altar of the outdoor church, the well, cathedral yeah. that yeah. is there, and it looks like the organ pipes. Oh, beautiful. so I love it like that. Look, there are some conifers that I <laughs> I do try and like them. I really do try to like them, but mm, no. I think we've we've written them off for very many years. I would mm. say at least fifteen years. You know, conifers have really not been in fashion. They're not something. It's almost like the palm trees, mm. <laughs> and both of them are sort of making a comeback. I think for specific reasons. So if you're looking for a structural plant or as a hedging, mm. there's certain varieties of conifers that can either form the loose hedge or, like you say, the organ pipe hedge. So just look for the different ones that you might be looking for. Sandra O had it right. I'm sorry. Sandra O had it right in under the. Tuscan sun, where she's standing there and she's looking, she says, I don't like these trees, creepy Italian trees. <laughs> you see, I think it's the complete opposite when you drive out to, say, Bristol Cone. Yes. And he's got those incredible, no, it does look amazing. and I'm thinking, why do we need a fence when you can have a plant like this? Hmm. You know, and the other one that I always love as a hedge, and again, is a very, very good deterrent in terms of fencing, is your Dovialis, your Kai Apple. I mean, I think yeah. anybody who Those tries spikes. to jump over a Kai Apple fence is going to be out of, you know, out of your garden the, in a flash. With the num-nums as well. Yes. Like they do and they make the a really nice high, either knee-high or tall hedge. Yes. So, I mean, there's just oh, so many varieties that you can either use to control your plants, control your pets. Or control you know, anybody else coming into your property. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Keep everything neat and tidy. Yes, that's it. So, so, okay, now um, and then? we are getting <gasps> running through this at a rate of knots. Okay, well, we're not finished yet. We still I know have, we're not oh, finished good. yet. <laughs> okay, so the other thing, which is really important for August, and I think we were talking about Children's Day the other day, yes. and I said to my um, niece and nephew, you know, every day is a Children's Day. But in August, we have 
Women's Day. And then I think, well, actually, I always think the whole of August should be Women's Month. But every day should be Women's Day, <laughs> Carrie. Come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, Life as a Garden has a really different activity when you, um, you're going to get, go visit a hardware and get some concrete mm-hmm. and you're going to make a concrete planter out of your hand. So you get the concrete, you mix it together, you use your spade and then you fill in, uh, plastic gloves. Oh, the ones that we've been using to keep our hands clean during COVID. Yes, that sort of thing. So maybe instead of throwing them away straight away, fill it with concrete and make a planter. Because it's all to do with, you know, women and how we are the strength and holding the world together or holding your family together or just maybe holding hands. So you could get your two hands and put them together. Maybe your kids could get involved and put their hands. And so you fill these gloves with concrete and um, make different shapes and put them into a pot form. And then later on, you could plant a little succulent into it or, you know, quite if you were going to put it inside, you could put an air plant into it. And I thought... That's really quite cool. Yeah. I, I quite like that alternative because, you know, trying to find plant, 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 I really lost my time. Plant, plant, holders, things. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And especially something different. Whereas this, you could paint any color that you like. You could, as I was saying to you, paint the yeah, finger paint the nails. Fingernails. I'm sitting here saying, well, gardeners <laughs> don't have nails. Yeah. So maybe your plant planter could have the nails, <laughs> the gorgeous colors that you're looking for. And then the fact that you could put the plant that you love the most in you know and it could be your hand holding that plant yeah. and yeah i think i might be trying that myself on one of these days during august to see cuz I, I was going to say, I'm actually loving the moment at filling my house with plants. I think oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of my favorite, favorite things because the gardener said to me, you know, please stop mm. bringing plants to put into your garden. There's no more space. <laughs> so now you're filling up your <laughs> now house I'm with filling them. filling up my house. My house is so, full of them as well. The only problem is, is that the children don't look after them. I end up doing it, which is very annoying. Yeah, but, but it's still, it just, it brings a different sort of life. Yes. You know, um, I feel like I'm a plant parent. I like, I love all these plant terminologies. So like you were talking about a plant hunter, you know, how different is that to the hunter that we grew up with? Mm. I mean, if I describe, you know, hunter with my dad, we're definitely going to be thinking of different things because now I'm going to be thinking of Jad Kirkle. <laughs> and he's going <laughs> and, to be thinking of the biggest bush ranger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just think, you know, I love that. And as I say, to do an activity that's actually quite out the box and planting with, maybe you're going to look for a zero, uh, I say a zero fight, so that could be the succulents, mm. or um, one with it grows in the air. Mm. Uh, what is the... I'm going to leave you to this one, to Lanzia, no. and I'll put you out of your Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see. So um, there's just so many different things that you could do. And I love that August. Oh, we almost forgot to talk about the wind. Please be careful of the wind. Stake plants. If you put trees in, saplings, whatever, anything, Mm. if your dahlias, or your dahlias shouldn't be planted at the moment, but anything that's coming up. And at this stage, your taller plants, the indigenous flowering bulbs should be coming through, which would be your tritonias, your spiraxis. You might need to, and I just have these lovely little bamboo sticks. Oh, yes, yeah. Very good. I, I stake with those. Mm. And I, old stockings, my girls' school stockings, because I don't wear stockings. Um, and, you know, just using that so that it doesn't yeah. rub against the stem and it just yeah. holds it in place and everything. So do do that when the winds come up. Yes, I think one of the things you have to be careful of, I saw it when I was driving and stopped at a parking lot, is some mm. people use cable ties. Mm-mm. Please don't use cable ties because it really, it cuts into 
the plants when yeah. there's the wind starts blowing against them and you break in that cambium that protection layer mm. of the plant so stockings is a great idea or you know recycle your plastic bag and cut it into strips and yes. put it on something not so harsh as cable ties absolutely <laughs> yeah. i couldn't agree with you more something that's got so, a little bit of give to it mm. And then you'll just see your plants will be so much happier. Mm. Even your standard roses definitely yeah. support those. Oh, yeah, there's just go and walk around your garden and see what you can do to Carrie, just give saying, it a little bit of a You're saying boost. a lot of stuff that sounds a lo- an awful lot like exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving that part of it. <laughs> you know, you won't believe it, but I actually am stepping outside beyond my garden and walking a little bit. But it's because I'm going to explore everybody else's gardens. I can now yeah. see why you like walking around the neighborhood so much. And take different streets every single time <laughs> yeah. just so I can, look, I can go and like... It's um, in a way the same as going onto Facebook and like stalking people and going stalk. Oh, oh, look what they've got there. And you go and see what it's doing at this time of the year and that time of the year. I know where all the best um, Pride of India trees are and where you can go and get mulberries. And yeah, no, no, no. You, you see, that's what I'm going to start doing. I tried it on a bicycle and I couldn't, the bike went too fast for me to admire all the plants. So I'm like, okay, good. this is like, not good. Like gardening, you've got to be patient, walking yeah. nice and slow. Take it slow every now and then. That's and the way to go. I think it's just to enjoy our environment. Mm. You know, that's that's what it is. We have a beautiful, beautiful country. And go and explore it. Go and see yeah. what you can find in your local neighborhood. Absolutely. Mm. Now, of course, if you've got any questions, um, anybody out there wants to know anything, um, first of all, you can find a lot of really great information on the lifeasagarden.co.za yes. website. Yeah, that's where and they're going crazy for daisies. Yep. And so you can go and read about all the stuff we've been talking about in a lot more depth. Yeah. Um, you can also, if you have a gardening question, send it through and then it actually ends up at me. Yay! Because <laughs> you're a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> it's so good to see you again and we'll catch up lovely. with you again in august month when we'll start talking about spring flowers and everything that's coming through Yay. in september but take care walk <laughs> more stay uh-huh. warm and above all everybody please just stay grounded bye-bye you've been listening to another episode of grounded from solid gold studios in johannesburg more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook. Mm-hmm.